trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. It's lovely to see you all here in this uh, wet day. Vera, you made it. You didn't slip, it was all right. It's good. It's good to see you here, Vera. Today we celebrate and we remember the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, leaving earth and returning to his glory in heaven. We see a lot of religions talk about ascension and talk about the ascended masters or being somewhere else that is greater and somewhere that we can lift our thoughts to and always look to the higher world that we're in. And yet, in this moment, as we talk about the ascension, we talk about Jesus' coming again to restore all of creation. Our feast, our way of thinking about the ascension of the Lord Jesus, is to see him as a person of Christ who was equal with God and was within the Godhead, but emptied himself of that status and came as a child and was born into the earth. And he was born as a human. He lived his life as a human, feeling all the things that we felt. And he went to death, death on the cross, and was resurrected and raised from the dead, and walked among us for 40 days, teaching us and still informing us of the things that we had to do. And then finally, he was restored to heaven. He returned to heaven and became part of the Godhead again and lives with equality and glory. And indeed, we always hear that idea of, from Jesus where he needs to return so that our discipleship and our ministry can be empowered by his prayers and his, and his um, discussions with the Father in heaven. Jesus says our works will be greater than his because he will be in heaven in his glory and in his might and in his power, empowering us to do what we need to do. Christ is bestowed all rule and authority and power and dominion and is above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the ages to come. The Father has put all things under his feet and has made him head over the whole church, which is his body and the fullness of him and all who are in it and fill the body of Christ." We have read in the previous weeks of Easter that, uh, Easter that Jesus is the way to God. As sinners, we cannot enter the presence of God without Jesus. Jesus needs to walk with us and take us to the Father because we are made righteous by Jesus' righteous action. And so the ascension reminds us that Jesus is not only the way to God by his authority, but by his example. The ascension reminds us that for us to enter into the presence of God, we too need to empty ourselves of our worldliness, empty ourselves of all the things that, that make us unholy and unrighteous before God and take on the form of disciple that is raised in Christ and lives with the Holy Spirit and is prepared to live in love but in English, we have one word for love, whereas the love that I'm talking about in Greek is agape love. It is the love that says, I will sacrifice my comforts and my needs and my desires so that all my actions can give everyone around me a target-rich environment to find Christ, 
to be convicted by the Holy Spirit and to finally enter into eternal love. All our actions are aimed at releasing God's glory into the world that is around us through the sacrificial nature of agape love. Jesus did not exemplify lording things over others. He didn't exemplify belittling anyone. The example of Christ, that we find our path to the table where all the saints feast with, feast with Jesus forever, is that we need to die to ourselves and allow Jesus to rise in us and we need to constantly love others and their desire to have eternal life ahead of our own. In ascending to, Jesus, in ascending to heaven, sorry, Jesus promises to return and restore all of creation. In most other faiths, you, you ascend and the ascended space is where the glory is. But God, Jesus goes to God's glory in order to assume his rightful power and then one day come to restore all of creation. So heaven is on earth. We are in the space that heaven will be. And we need to allow all of, all of creation to return to the master, to return to Jesus. And while he is in heaven with the Father, until the Father says he can come again, Today we read that we are exhorted to make disciples of people and baptise people in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Yet, we read last week that we do not do this as orphans, but those that are filled with the Holy Spirit which Jesus has given to us. Jesus' ascension means that our works to glorify God will be greater than his because he will commend them to the Father to be fulfilled. We are charged to continue this work. And when I read this passage, it always lifts my spirits and I feel very much part of God's plan. Yes, Lord, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to turn the world upside down. I'm going to make sure the glory is released. And it's, but this passage today is also very real. At the start, it says they worshipped him, yet they had doubts. In the verses preceding the ascension, we find that the disciples, we find the disciples in Galilee, as Jesus had instructed them, and having witnessed the crucifixion, having witnessed the resurrection, having been part of the post-resurrection journey where Jesus appeared to each and every one of them in different ways, it says they worshipped him with doubt. It says they weren't a hundred percent filled with faith and filled with a knowledge of faith. Yet, in their wavering and in their doubt, Jesus still appears before them, acknowledging their doubt, but saying, go and baptise in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. We may have doubts. We will always have things that complicate our lives because we are human. Jesus was divine and knew exactly what the plan was. And yes, Jesus in his human form prayed to the Father, take this cup away from me, if it be your will. But it was never the will of the Father to take the cup from the Son. We do our things in doubt, in anxiety, in worry. But as we have spoken about during this Easter season, we have been looking at the things that entomb us and stop us from going to the space where Jesus is waiting for us. 
what this passage in its total reality tells me is Jesus has exhorted us to do things and he knows that we will doubt. But he asks us to allow the Holy Spirit to stay in us so that our doubts and our worries and our anxieties about doing the work of Christ do not entomb us and stop us from taking our steps as Jesus has exhorted us to do things. We can doubt our capacity to do things. We can doubt our capacity to lead people. Moses doubted his capacity to lead the people of Israel because he wasn't a great speaker. And um, Paul talks about the thorn in his side and all these great people that we read about that did amazing things as part of God's plan. Yet, despite these doubts, Jesus commissioned them. God commissioned them. He commissioned his disciples into action. And the words that we read today are living words because we too can be commissioned and asked to do things for Jesus and carry our doubts and worries and anxiety. Because our doubts, worries and anxiety can actually coexist with our faith. And the more that we do in the name of the Lord, the more that our faith grows and the less we become worried, the less we are anxious and the less we doubt the presence of Jesus in our lives. I was talking to um, parish council yesterday about food bank and I, and I use this as a journey because we said to God we're going to do a mission. Part of releasing the glory in our community is to feed the hungry. That's one of the four things that we do, so we keep, keep doing it. And part of that was to include a group from an EMDA, high-functioning um, special needs group, and they come and pack boxes, they get little pamphlets and drop them off. And so they, we've, we've had pamphlets dropped off, and one set of pamphlets that were dropped off went into a post, into a mailbox, and that person read it. And they read Tony, who runs the bistro at uh, Broadmeadow Sports Club, and then Tony's rung me saying, Rob, I'm getting frustrated with these charity groups. No, I've got food to give and no one wants to take them. And I said, well, come over, Tony. Bring the, bring the car, fill the boot up. And we put all the food in the, in the um, freezer that was donated. Actually, there was a, so God had asked someone to donate a freezer. So that's in the freezer. But then the next level comes along where Tony speaks to his club and now they've invited us to apply for a grant. So we... We spoke about it, and because it's come through Food Bank, we're going to continue asking for a grant to supply food. And having more money means instead of just looking at the items that have zero cost, I can start looking at the items that have a bit of a cost. But this is God's plan. When you are part of we, you know, I'm going, oh, we handed out one box. Is anyone going to come? And I'm sitting there walking around in circles. Yeah, the boxes are all lined up, and I'm walking around the boxes going, is anyone going to come today? Is anyone going to pick a box up? But yet we go out in our doubt. We minister and we keep ministering and we don't stop. As the story continues, 10 days later we find the... the Tom, come in. Don't, come in. Don't stand. What are you doing, buddy? Make yourself comfortable. 10 days later we find the disciples in a room and as promise the Holy Spirit breaks through and takes hold of them. The, fire, the fires of the tongues of fire come on their heads. They were in a room and they were entombed, but Jesus was waiting for them where they were. And I encourage you 
to allow Jesus to come wherever you are. Because if you're entombed by doubts, fear or worry, Jesus can break through that. If you're feeling anxious about who you are in the face of Christ, Jesus will break through that. Allow the Holy Spirit to keep filling you and allow the power of the Holy Spirit to work in you. I was speaking to someone earlier this week and said, Rob, we're a bit older, we can't do much. You can pray. Every one of us can always pray for the church. We can pray for each other. We can pray that the Holy Spirit breaks through. And if you look around you, if there's any more than eight here today, well, that's what we had for the first couple of months that I was here. And, on a ra- and they were rainy days. And it's a rainy, cold day. And yet I can feel the warmth of the Holy Spirit because you guys have decided to break through and come to worship with us. Imagine if your prayers allow other people to have a breakthrough in their faith. So just keep praying. Don't entomb yourself. Call Jesus into that moment and allow the Spirit of God to keep working in your life each and every day. If you don't know what to do, then sit and you might not be able to get on your knees. I know there's some of you, I find it hard to kneel at at different times and Peter's laughing down the back there. But at least stop, put your head down, put your hands together and say, Lord, I just pray for my church. I pray for, my, I pray for myself, whoever you want to pray for. Because our prayer is the greatest form of communication we can have with our Lord Jesus. And that we can do at any age, in any way that our bodies might be, at any time. The Lord be with you.